Welcome to Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Join us as Pastor Marty teaches us verse by verse, chapter by chapter, book by book, through the Word of God. To listen to any of these messages in their entirety or to find out more about our fellowship, please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Let's listen in to today's message, and may the Lord richly bless you. What have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy? that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased, and I know how to abound everywhere, and in all things I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This is a life verse indeed. But it's not necessarily saying, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm going to go climb Mount Everest. Fine. You can claim that verse. That's fine. Uh, You're a little crazy. Uh, We got so much satellite footage. Who needs to go up there? You know, just go run on a treadmill and go (laughs) go look. But the thing, the fact of the matter is, what it's saying is that, you know, in this life, you're going to have ups and downs. You will have times of need. You will have times of suffering. And guess what? You can get through it. You can get through it. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Up, down, doesn't matter. Hungry, full, everything in between. When we do this, when we seek after the Lord, when we make him our priority, when we seek after his heart, and when we align ourselves with him, then we become content. The problem is not everyone else around you, by the way. This is one of those things that I had to learn in a painful way. I thought I was discontented because of people around me. It's that person's fault. It's their fault. It's this position's fault. It's this situation fault. And the Lord broke my heart one day and said, no, the problem is you. (laughs) You ever been there? But understand, if you are suffering from discontent, the problem is you. It's not the Lord, and it's not the people around you. It's your heart. We also read in uh, chapter 6 of 1 Timothy, verses 6 through 10, this is so important to understand. It says, now godliness with contentment is a great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and clothing, with these we shall be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. Did you hear that? For the love of money, verse 10, is a root of all kinds of evil, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. This is another one of those verses that's often quoted out of context, and often people don't really look at it, what it really says. In the language it says, the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It's not the root of evil. Satan is really that. But it's a love, it's a, it's a, it's one of, a root of all kinds of evil. And this breaks my heart because when you read this, it says, for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. And I've been talking about it earlier. I was talking about the name and claim it doctrine and some of these churches and people that teach this stuff. And this is what they seek after. And what have they done? They've pierced themselves through with many sorrows. 
And when they get all those things that they say they pray for that cause them harm and cause them to stray from the Lord and get away from him and they claim it's God, it's the God of this world. It's not the God of the ages. It's not the king of the universe giving them these things. It's the enemy setting a trap. And so, again, nothing wrong with having wealth. There's nothing wrong with having things. We just shouldn't let those things have us. And so we see also here that it's the key to all of it is godliness with contentment. Godliness with contentment. It's not just to be content, because you can be content in your sin, and that's not good. But godliness, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It's that godliness we need to have. That's how true contentment comes. You can covet a lot of things in life. You can covet a lot of things. And not just money. You can covet positions. You can covet, covet people. You know, you look at people from the outside. I want to tell you a story. So many years ago, I was listening to Pastor John Corson, and I was so blessed by his teaching. And I was like, how can this guy be so joyful? How come he, he's laughing all the time? Lord, how come, how come I can't be like that? I was just, I had no idea what I was saying. And then I heard his testimony. And he was talking about how his little daughter was killed in a car accident, how his wife was killed in a car accident, and how many things he had suffered through, and the death threats on his life, and all these things he went through. And I just repented, and I'm saying, Lord, I'm so sorry. You know, one of the things, we make a lot of assumptions. Maybe you don't, but I do. We make a lot of assumptions as Christians. When we look at other people's walk, when we look at other people's faith, we ought to be good to each other because we don't know what someone else is going through or what they've been through. We ought to be compassionate. And never covet what they have because you don't know the pain and the turmoil they've been through. What was it the, uh, uh, the old uh, cowboy poet said? Everybody came to town with this. They were going to exchange all their problems. And so they came to town carrying all their problems <laughs> and gunny sacks and everything. They brought all their problems and they dumped them in the middle of town. And after everyone looked around at everyone else's problems, they happily and gladly grabbed their own problems and went back home. And that is so true. You know, Hebrews 13, 5 and 6 says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Let me just stop there for a second. That's the key. Do you understand? No matter what you're going through, he's never going to leave you or forsake you. And he is enough. Jesus Christ is enough. Verse 6, So we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can anything or anyone do to you? When you're on the Lord's side and when he's on yours, when your heart's aligned with him, it's a powerful thing. But we read, here's the thing. His plan for your life is enough. Do you know that? So why are we discontented? Why do we always want to discount what the Lord has for us? Why do we always want something else? Do you understand what you're really saying? I've, I've said it, mentioned it a little bit earlier, but let me go even deeper. When you're not content with how God has called you or what he's called you to or what he has, you, has for you in your life, when you're not content with that, that means Jesus is not enough for you. Do you understand that? That should break your heart. Why are you not satisfied in him? What is it in this world that you want that's better than him? When your heart is aligned with him, when you seek after him, he is your satisfaction. He is enough. And yet so many of us, we're still seeking, we're still wanting more. We want more things or more position or more power or whatever it is. You know, John, the so-called apostle of love, <laughs> you know, it's so funny because many times in the church, if you call somebody out by name, they're like, oh, you're being mean. You're being cruel. But John, the apostle of love, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, called somebody out. 
for this very thing we're looking at today. He called them out because it was harming the church. In 3 John verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 9 and 10, we read this. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to have the preeminence among them, does not receive us. Therefore, I come. Therefore, if I come, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does. Prating, that just means talking nonsense or, or spreading uh, lies and rumors. Okay, so that's what it means. He says, against us with malicious words and not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. So notice, John calls this man out by name. And why? Because he's seeking preeminence. He's seeking to divide. He wants to be the guy. He wants to be the man. He wants to be the center of attention. He's drawing people unto himself. This is a big problem even within the church today. Understand this, Jesus is the center of it all. He alone deserves our worship. No man deserves your worship. Jesus alone deserves your worship. He's who we sing to. He's who we pray to. He alone. He is the shepherd. Any of us in leadership are just the under-shepherds. But you're just as valuable. You're part of the body of Christ. No man should draw people into himself. We point them to Jesus. He alone is worth our worship. You know, I was, I was talking to uh, somebody before church about this meme I saw a couple weeks ago. <laughs> it was really, you know what, some of you, do you know what a meme is? Most of you know what a meme is, right? So online I was looking and uh, there was this funny meme and it said, oh, you didn't like the worship music in church today? That's okay, we weren't worshiping you. <laughs> and I like that. You remember Jay Vernon McGee, I told you, he said he's fully convinced when Satan fell from the choir loft, or when he fell from heaven, he fell right into the choir loft. Because so many problems and issues in church revolve around music. And so many times, and, and I'm blessed, and I'm being honest about this, we don't hear a lot of this stuff in our church. It's great. But I've heard it, and you probably have too, in other churches, where people will complain, I don't like that music, I don't like that song, I don't like this, I don't like that. Well, we're not worshiping you. And here's the thing, if you're worshiping the Lord, you should be able to worship, I don't care if it's an old hymn, or some brand new song you don't know. If you have to skip some of the words, so be it. But just worship your king. He alone is worth our worship. But the opposite kind of leadership we see here with this man who he wants to be preeminent. And how does he keep his position? He talketh smack. That's the King James Version. He talketh smack. Look at the middle of verse 10. He says, I will call to mind his deeds, which he does, prating against us with malicious words. He uses his words. He uses his words, his gossip, his lies to tear these men of God down. Other leaders in the church. And why? Because he wants to draw people to himself. And so how does he do that? He steps on others to tear them down. And unfortunately, we still see this in the church. But we know this man, Diotrephes, he was seeking to be the center of it all. But we also see how he was trying to accomplish it. He's tearing them down. But what was his internal motivation? John tells us that too. Look at verse, the last part of verse 10. And not content with that, he himself does not receive the brethren and forbids those who wish to, putting them out of the church. Understand what this is saying. John is saying there's this leader in the church who wants attention, who wants to rule, who wants everybody to look at him, and he's the guy, and he doesn't want them to support John or any other of the leaders of the church. He tears them down, he lies about them, he gossips about them to others, does all these whispering campaigns, you know, you've seen it before. He does all of that, and then ultimately, what does he do? Anybody who does help John, he kicks them out of the church. Oh, that sounds real holy. That sounds like Christian leadership. That's just evil. This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, 
please visit GolgothaFellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you. Hi folks, Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay in grounded and anchored in the Word of God as the world around us is sinking in the waves of false doctrine and the opinions of men. If you are seeking a church family, a church home, and you live in the Southeast Nampa area, I want to personally invite you. Our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. and we currently meet at East Valley Middle School. That's right off Greenhurst and Happy Valley. If you want to find out more, if you have any questions, you need directions, you want to catch up on a message, or if you have a prayer request, just go to our website, GolgothaFellowship.org. Let me help you spell that. It's G-O-L-G-O-T-H-A Fellowship.org. Until next time, may God bless you and remember to hold fast.